is Strictly John Key. Strictly John Key on City Talk 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Well, it's that time of the year again, the stage of the season when Everton and Liverpool fans are counting down to the season's first Mersey derby. When families split blue and red begin the mind games over the cornflakes and toast. Yes, next Saturday lunchtime, the legions of Roberto Martinez tasting his first derby and Brendan Rodgers facing his third do battle at Goodison Park with both clubs in the Premier League's top six. So I've gathered a collection of intriguing guests to look ahead to the 221st Mersey Derby. In the studio to reveal details of an exciting new matchday event of interest to both sets of fans are George Yaw and Paul Wharton, members of the Everton Heritage Society. While joining me on the line from Stoke is former England left-back Mike Pedgick, who knows what it's like to play in the heat of a derby, but is now highly talented at a very different sport, which we'll talk about later. Also later, I'll be talking to a man who scored landmark goals for Liverpool and is now making a name for himself as a broadcasting pundit, former Anfield striker Neil Mellor. But first to George and Paul, I gather... I gather, George, that Everton have, um, have put £5,000 towards a new first-floor room at St Luke's Church in the corner of Goodison, which is going to be hosting some exciting events and memorabilia, so tell us all about it. Yeah, the uh, St Luke's upstairs, the church, yeah. every home game from now on will be like a museum piece. We'll have display cabinets, memorabilia for both teams, like starting with the derby, we'll have Pictures of Alec Raysbeck, old Liverpool players, Shankly and Catrick. Everything that relates to the football clubs. Rare memorabilia that both sets of fans wouldn't have seen before. It's an ideal place for people to come on the day, especially with the wives and the children, to take them out the cold and the wet. And They can ask us any questions they want to know on the history of the club. We'll have items for sale. It's just a whole new experience. We've called it the retro venture now. That's a lovely... That's great because that's backwards and forwards, isn't it? Yeah. That's I, lovely. I, I, it's it's mainly to, to get the EFC Heritage Society known. We've done a lot of good work, but we need support. And it's the, the admission's free. There's no charge whatsoever. But, you know... By buying memorabilia and stuff that we have for sale will help fund the projects that we've got aimed at in the future. Yeah, well, that Paul, that that's super. And the great thing is that football's now more about a 90 minutes on the pitch. It's, a, it's an afternoon's event, isn't it? That's right. And with the winter coming up, um, you know yourself, you've been the fan zone and there's, you're getting cold, you get a bit wet there sometimes. So we're in the nice dry room, lovely big yeah. room. Fantastic it is. I was going to say, it must be reasonably big to house all this stuff you're going to Oh, yes, on. and we've got lots going on. There's book signings. George will talk about the books. Mm. Um, we'll have the toffee lady there, face painting for the children. Uh, Jerry Murphy, a great local singer, who's done a fantastic song on Dixie, but he's, he's also got a, a good one on uh, Bill Shankly. Mm. Well, if I can cut in there, he he, he sings those songs on our two shows, That's the Dixie right. Dean story yeah. and the Bill Shankly story, and they are superb, so, they are, so uh, it's worth a long just for that alone, I it think. It is, it is. And we've got the Ruleteros Society, uh, the Everton clubs in Chile, and they'll be there pitching up every home match, so you can come and talk about the, uh, the Everton clubs in Chile, yeah. and Argentina and Uruguay. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's going to rival the match for a spectacle, this, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be a great experience for people to yeah. come in. It's not going to be dull and dusty like a museum is. It's going to be bright and sparkly. Everton have been fantastic. I've got to say this about the club from uh, Elston down to Mark Robert Rowan. Elston. Robert Elston and Mark Chief Rowan. Exec. Mm. Mark Rowan. Yes. They've been fantastic with us. And it's it's nice to get that recognition that they know that we're a society that has the heart of Everton in our heart. And um, there's a lot of people that do want to know about the history of both clubs, Everton, Liverpool, or if it's Tottenham. If we were playing Tottenham, yeah. we'd have posters from 1905 to 1909. Fantastic. Unbelievable things. Yeah. And we'll be doing the book signings, like I say, I'll have my book Everton in the 1940s. Billy Smith will have his, the blue correspondence. There's um, Hedley Lawson coming along as well to do Eliza Scott. His great Eliza Scott yeah. book, yeah. And he's bringing a lot of memorabilia that Liverpool fans would not have seen before. Wow. That You, you know yourself, I think you've seen part of his collection. I have. And there's another lad, John uh, Fagan, who's doing Scouse United, which is a charity book for both, both clubs. And then we've got Neville Southall in weeks to come and ex-players doing book signings and Great. James Corbett's got the Encyclopedia of Liverpool and Everton. He has indeed, they're fantastic. they're fantastic. Now the only warning with those, don't drop them on your feet no, don't put them because in your you pocket. break your toe. Now <laughs> listening to all this is my very good friend Mike Pedgick. He's on the line from Signal Radio in Stoke. Mike, you're a match pundit these days on Stoke City Games. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. You've been on before, of course. You're a devil for punishment, Mike. Uh, <laughs> now, just looking back at your career, you had little time to wait after you'd signed for Everton because um, I think you, um, well, you were plunged into the heat of a Mersey derby very quickly. You signed from Stoke in February 1977 and by the end of April, you'd played against Liverpool three times, a That's league right, game yeah. and two FA Cup semi-finals. What, what do you remember about it all, Mike? Well, I think every um, sort of derby game, is, it's tense, it's tight, and uh, energy levels are high, mm. and obviously uh, very emotional, and uh, to keep control in those uh, situations takes some doing, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. Was it, what was the atmosphere and the, the frenzied pace of the game, something you'd not tasted before? Well, certainly, um, I mean, over the years, the, the uh, games that they played together, obviously, with Catrick and uh, Bill Shankly, the, the fantastic uh, managers, and... Um, when you get some great players that have sort of performed for each team over the years, mm. you, you've, got, you've got something to prove just to, to emulate all that, really. Yeah, I bet, yeah. And um, it does really test your resolve, as I said. Well, the first division game you played in was, was a goodest, and that was nil-nil. But then we go on to a game that uh, I think it's safe to say sticks in the craw of all Evertonians. That was the, the main road FA Cup semi-final, which finished 2-2. Uh, Bruce Riach and Duncan McKenzie for Everton and Terry McDermott and Jimmy Case for Liverpool. But there was the goal that never was, Brian Hamilton's, which was disallowed by referee Clive Thomas. That uh, will never be forgotten, will it, Mike? Certainly not. It's still with me to this day. <laughs> and um, it's something that cuts through your heart, never mind your body. And uh, I, I remember after the game, uh, Clive Thomas came into our dressing room, the audacity he had, and... Uh, <laughs> He, I give him a right volley. Did you? Uh, yeah, and um, yeah. Can and, you can't and, say what you said to him. It is a family show, but just give uh, us a a taste. Well, he just came in smiling, happy, and uh, jovial, and I thought, who's this man? He can't be. He can't be serious. He can't be real. Yeah. And so I just give him a right volley and and told him what I thought of him, and uh, and in no way I I thought he 
he cheated us out of that game because the ball was cut back. Brian um, edged it in with his hip and I stood right next to Clive Thomas and if you look at the replay, you see me running after him because he changed his mind on the spot. He actually gave um, um, offside and then he changed his mind to handball. Yeah, I must say, I spoke to Clive Thomas next day and uh, he said one thing and a few weeks later I read it was something different. And the other great thing about it, Mike, is that no Liverpool players gave one iota of protest. They accepted it as a goal, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, correct. And um, I just felt after the game for him to come into the dressing room was just... Wait. Well, it wouldn't happen nowadays, would it, obviously? No, I don't uh, think so. You can't get in their dressing room nowadays. Never mind them coming <laughs> No, in you can't, actually. <laughs> I mean, just before we go, Paul Wharton's dying to come in here. But there have been calls recently for referees to explain decisions after matches, particularly after... Well, you, you saw one... Uh, recently, the um, in, in in the Stoke Swansea game, right at the end, a penalty that was very hotly disputed. Do you think referees should come and explain decisions? Well, I think so. Now, um, I think they should be accountable because uh, the, the money in the game, the billions of it, rushing around now, isn't it? In, in yeah. all these clubs and uh, the yeah. competition, high levels of that, and um, they should be accountable. Like players are, like managers are. Managers lose their jobs. Players lose their positions. Yeah. So um, it is something that needs to be looked at, certainly. Paul Wharton, you want to come in on? Yeah, hello, Mike. Nice Hi. to speak okay. to you. Um, just go back to that two-all draw. It's it's quite... Uh, it still does stick in the claw with all Evertonians. I'm, I'm quite sure that he's not on every Evertonian's uh, Christmas <laughs> card list, believe me. Yes. Um, it's, it's something that does stick with you even to this day. It hurts and uh, oh, yeah. because it changes lives. And had we got to the final... That would have been a major breakthrough for us because at that particular spell we had a great side together, building up together, mm. and uh, some great characters, good footballers, and um, it would have changed our lives certainly, and, and the turnaround in in the city, I'm sure. And, and we were maybe, up there with Liverpool at the time. And maybe Mike Gordon Lee's fortunes as manager, you know, because he uh, he was in charge at the time, wasn't he? Well, he's building a squad and yeah. uh, some great characters in there, Bruce Rioch and. Uh, Martin Dobson, Dave Thomas, Lionsy, yeah, Andy King, Bob Latch. I mean, you can go through the side. It was, it was a nicely a, balanced team. I mean, Duncan McKenzie was in there too, wasn't he? Duncan McKenzie, yeah. free role he had, and yeah. uh, he enjoyed that sort of role he had off the front line, off Latchford. And uh, we were hard to break down as well. And uh, we Mike, were certainly up there. Excuse me, Mike. Um, just go back to uh, Brian Hamilton. Um, you, you had to feel really sorry for him because that wasn't the first time Clive Thomas done him. When he was at Ipswich in a semi-final, he disallowed the goal as well. That's right. You know, it's unbelievable. Well said. That that was my um, that was my third semi-final. So um, and I lost everyone on a replay. So you can tell how much it meant to me as well. That's that's an awfully sad record, isn't it, Mike? For that, (laughs) not too clever. Frustrating, really. (laughs) Utter frustrate. That must. I didn't realise that. Yeah. So three times, all went to replays, and you lost all the replays. Lost everyone. Yeah. (gasps) What a hat trick you didn't want. That is, isn't it? (laughs) But Mike, today, of course, you have a very different role. You you see a lot of Premier League football as a radio man. this could be, I mean, we say this uh, with trepidation, this could be a classic derby because the teams are in form. Everton are in sixth place. They've only lost once in the league. Liverpool are second. They've only lost twice. Um, what you've seen of the teams this season, what's your gut feeling about it, Mike? Well, I was talking to uh, Sharpie the other week and um, 
he was saying what a, a good side they've got this time. They they really compact mm. and tight, but uh, playing a little bit more open football and that attacking off. Yeah. And um, I really think uh, they're going places this season, and um, that that sort of early season thoughts about they're not sure with the new manager and uh, it, it's gone by the wayside but I think in, in keeping Baines there mm. they, they've kept that back four together and, and the keeper that, that's certainly a major um, ploy for any new manager come into and I think we're getting uh, Barry and McCarthy that's tightened up that midfield area yes uh, but the two plays for me Morales and Pinar I mean fantastic how, how they open up uh, opposing defences in that attacking third yeah, and but uh, Sharpie was saying about Lukaku, he's he's the main man. He thinks, and uh, he mm. says, what a good player he is. It, well, he's been very, very impressive, and it makes you wonder how Chelsea can afford not to have him. But that's their problem. Everton are delighted to have him. Uh, Sylvan Distan calls him a monster for opposing defenders. So I suppose that's some uh, that's some kind of praise in the nicest possible way, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, he certainly is. He, he does look as if he's got everything. He's got pace, turn turning uh, speed with the ball, uh, unpredictable in, in those areas in that attacking third. And uh, he certainly lays things off for other players as well, linking in the play. Yeah. But well, uh, he is a threat because he's always on the move in around the penalty area. And he's very, very powerful and very strong. Maybe slightly reminiscent, if not in in Bill, but certainly in the power he carries with Duncan Ferguson. And he, he um, well, he, he gave Liverpool nightmares, didn't he? Do you think Lukaku might be able to do the same? Well, when you look over the years, Liverpool, uh, Everton have always had a, a sort of major front player, haven't they? Joe Royal and uh, Rashford, sure. yeah. um, Ferguson, you've just mentioned, Sharpie. I mean, all great uh, front players, target players, and uh, certainly play as well. And uh, Paul and George, um, I know you've got blue hats on, but how do you see the derby going? They are both in form. It could be a classic. Could be, yeah. They're Liverpool playing well, as you say, and uh, so are we. We're playing more open football, like Mike just said. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to a really good game and obviously a win for us. <laughs> and George, Everton have got a great home record. They haven't lost for a long time. Yeah, playing well. And I think out of the two, Everton are better defensively. I think our defence is organised and I think Liverpool can be vulnerable. And if Lukaku can get on his game on the day, I think that's the key. We, we could uh, surprise a few people. Yeah, well, let's hope um, let's hope the game surprises us all and it becomes a classic. Because so many aren't, are they? That's right. Yeah, we've yeah. seen a lot of uh, nil nils like we what, have. What Mike played in uh, around that time. And I think Everton are due a win because uh, it's six without a win in derbies now, isn't it? For Everton, three three uh, three defeats and three draws. So yes, well, yeah. you know. That's the past, John. This is the future. And now we've got Martinez, it's it's a whole different ball game. It's a different ball game. Well, there we are. I'm talking to Paul Wharton and George Yore in the studio and Mike Pedgick on the line. And we'll be joined in the next segment by former Liverpool striker Neil Meller. So stay tuned. This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guests former Everton and England left-back Mike Pedgick, George Yaw and Paul Wharton from the Everton Heritage Society. And I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by former Liverpool striker Neil Meller, now making a name for himself as a media pundit, appearing on LFC TV and as a Liverpool match summariser on our own City Sport. Neil, thanks for coming on. 
Thanks, John. Now, the Mersey Derby's looming on Saturday, and we were making the point earlier in the show, both clubs are in form, both in the top six, so do you think, dare we hope for a classic encounter? We don't get many of them, do we? Well, I don't expect it to be a classic encounter, but, I mean, both sides have started extremely well, like you say. Um, the reason I don't expect it to be a good encounter is because it comes so soon after the international uh, break. Yes. You know, Everton, they've got a lot of internationals. I think 12 was the reported number. Mm. Liverpool themselves, and obviously Liverpool's key player, Luis Suarez, flying all around the world. And yeah. a lot of players, they're going to be coming back Thursday, maybe Thursday evening. So there's not a lot of time to prepare before such a huge, huge game. And with the game Saturday lunchtime, uh, you know, we may not see quite as good a quality as perhaps maybe we would have seen on a Sunday afternoon. That's a very good point to make. Well, you mentioned Luis Suarez. He and Daniel Sturridge, 25 goals in the last 18 outings together. As a former striker yourself, what is it about that that makes them such a potent partnership, Neil? Brilliant, hasn't it? I mean, we've oh. all been loving all the stats, you know, goals <laughs> here and there. And and, and, the, and the bottom line is they're a real threat on the pitch. You know, Daniel Sturridge, he'll threaten in behind. Luis Suarez will do that. He'll get on the ball and both look for each other. And, you know, defences in the Premier League have been really fearful playing against them because at any moment in the game, these two can create something out of absolutely nothing. And it's been really entertaining to watch. I think fans, certainly Liverpool fans, really enjoying going to the game, knowing that with them two players, in for an exciting game. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel Sturridge has made the point, it's not something that's been coached. It's it's a, it's an instinctive understanding they've acquired. Which it certainly is. I mean, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, about uh, Daniel Sturridge doing extremely well with Luis Suarez out of the side. Will he do the same when he comes yes. back into the side? And, yeah. and he certainly has. You know, yeah. they both looked really good. And, and what I find intriguing about the situation is the fact that I think there's a little personal battle going on, yes, for the good of Liverpool, but they both want to finish top scorer. <laughs> yes. Both want to score loads of goals. So at the moment, it's just helping Liverpool. As long as both can stay fully fit, yeah. then I think uh, I think there'll be a real blossoming partnership throughout the season. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mike Pedrick's on the line. Now, you've seen Suarez and Sturridge, Mike, obviously, uh, yeah. if not in the flesh on television. Um, what's your appraisal of them? They are exciting, aren't they? Well, they certainly are, and uh, I think the interchangeable positions, what they uh, take up, they are elusive in that uh, attacking half, attacking third, especially around the penalty area, and mm. um, they are a handful, certainly. But uh, exploiting space, creating space for others as well, and um, the, the movement off the ball is, is superb. Yeah, and I suppose when it is a chemistry like that, defenders just don't know what they're going to do next, do they, really? Well, defenders don't tackle anymore, do they? So. That's a good point. No. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to, are they, almost? Well, well players of that ilk now, they're having a field day, aren't they? And uh, mm. certainly uh, it's going to... I think over the next probably five, ten years, they probably stop slide tackling as well, which would make it even better for them. So the, so the goal ratio will go up, you reckon? I think so, yeah. It's going to be more open game now. And um, when you see uh, players like Lorano last week going past three, four defenders, and we've seen... Uh, yeah. Um, different types of goals this season in around the penalty area where defenders are frightened to tackle because of obviously other things that go on. But uh, it shouldn't take away from that defensive duties and uh, the actual art of defending. And uh, all these players now, you've seen fantastic goals, which they are, but uh, we, we're not seeing so much on the other side of the defending side. Yeah. So I look at that as well. And um, But you, you have to take your hat off to them. Sturridge and Suarez are top-class uh, strikers and certainly... Uh, Suarez, world-class. And Neil, uh, there's another piece of the jigsaw. He came back uh, last couple of weeks ago. Uh, Philippe Coutinho, he is so skillful, isn't he? 
And well, again, he's another exciting, really mm. exciting player. I mean, we saw at the back end of last season, what a real fantastic signing to sign mm. a player of that quality in January. But he's a player that you don't often get to see in the Premier League who can unlock defences with some defence splitting passes. The weight of his passing is absolutely perfect. And, you know, it was great to see him back at, um, at Anfield last weekend for the game against Fulham and he's just sharpened himself up back into the, the, the line-up. He finds those spaces just in front of the back four and he will run at defences and when you've got the movement ahead with Suarez and Sturridge then he can unlock those defences so it's vital that he is back in. We did miss him when he was out for a few weeks with his shoulder injury but yeah. like I say, with him playing with Suarez and Sturridge it's it's a real attacking threat that Liverpool have at the moment. Yeah, and, and um, conversely at Everton... Romelo Lukaku has been a great loan signing for Everton. He's their top scorer. And Mike was mentioning earlier uh, Pinar and Morales. If they're if they're on their game to provide ammunition for him, he'll give Everton. He'll give Liverpool's defence something to think about, won't he? He certainly did. He, he proved that last season, didn't he? He's yes. one of the top top Premier League strikers, and I think there was a, a lot of amazement the fact that he, he did end up signing for Everton because I think every team in the Premier League wanted to sign Lukaku in fact a lot of people were surprised why he didn't actually stay at Chelsea myself included because yes. he really is an exciting talent he's only a young lad he's already settled in extremely well scored plenty of goals and like I say when he came on at Anfield last season he was a real handful and got himself a goal as well so he'll be thriving on the Derby Day experience Exactly yeah exactly now uh, Neil I think I'm right in saying that you played in one Mersey Derby um, it wasn't a memorable outcome for you, I suppose. The one at Goodison, December 2004, Lee Carsley's only goal of the game, but uh, it was Everton's uh, first win of the 21st century in a derby game. Uh, in, uh, yeah, since their 1-0 win at Anfield in September 1999. But what I was interested in was how you found the atmosphere. They are, it is a special atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, John, I was hoping you weren't going to mention oh, that. Oh, I'm like sorry, say, Neil. Um, <laughs> it, it was unfortunate. It was, uh, you know, I was delighted to get to experience that game. But it is it's a completely different mood when you when you get into the game. You know, even the week before, which I think a lot of players will sadly miss out on that experience because they're away on international duty. But, you know, there's a real buzz around the city, a real excitement. And obviously, this year, both sides are doing extremely well. But when you go out and warm up, it, it, it is it's completely different than any other game. You know, away from home, it was at Goodison and it's not personal it's just banter before as the, as the fans try and try and get in your head and, and let you know that you're in an intimidating atmosphere and you know a lot of people say that you know the competitiveness of of and the commitment of of teams have gone a little bit in the Premier League these days but the fans will not allow that to go so in this sort of occasion the players may not have experienced it before but they'll certainly know it's a completely different atmosphere out there and there could be quite a few on both sides new to it as well couldn't there which uh, could affect them I suppose well, yeah, there will be. I yeah. think last last year's derbies, both draws and both a little bit controversial in their own ways. One for Liverpool, one for Everton. Both felt as though they were denied the three points. So, yeah. um, uh, hopefully, an early advantage. If um, well, Liverpool, we we want to finish above Everton. Two years now, not finished above Everton and. Everton doing extremely well with the new manager, so it'll be a tough test. You see quite a bit of Liverpool, Neil, either in the flesh or working for LFC TV. There is a great deal of excitement, as you say, amongst Liverpool fans. Do you think it's it's out of the question that uh, some of them are even saying they could win the title? What do you think about that? Is that just being a little bit overreaching? 
think as supporters, you know, you want to have that sort of optimism, don't you? Yes. You want to set yourself that sort of target. And it's great to, to even be mentioning that sort of thing. I think there's obviously a long, long way to go. And one of the big problems last season was the, the inconsistency, you know, in certain results. I think Brendan Rodgers in his second season, he's certainly addressing that. And, you know, it, it's possible. It's, it's unlikely with the size of the squad at the moment for Liverpool. I think they will need to strengthen a little bit in January. Um, but a full, full, fully strong first eleven for Liverpool is uh, certainly one of the best in the league and capable of, of challenging. But the ultimate aim, and it will be a huge success, is to finish in the top four. Yeah, OK. Neil, thank you very much for coming on. I'm very much obliged to you. Thank you very much, John. All the best. That's, cheers, that's, Mike. Cheers. That's Neil Mellor. Uh, Mike, conversely, uh, a lot of Everton fans are excited about their form. Do you think they could make the top four this season? Well, I think everybody's going to chase that this season, John, because um, when was the last time, if ever, when you have the three top managers uh, leaving that league uh, league positions? Yeah. And uh, I think now with Ferguson going, the master, or you call him the grandmaster, I do. Yes. Um, it's certainly opened up everything, and I think the noose has gone from around Arsene Wenger's neck, and he's shown his results this season. So I think it's open for everybody to chase that top four position and even the, the top one position now. That's a nice phrase. The noose has gone from round Arsenal. But you mean he's become more adventurous, do you mean? Or? Well, I think so. I think uh, he has a voodoo over everybody, Ferguson, doesn't he? And uh, certainly over a season, he, he threatens everybody and challenges everybody and yeah. uh, everybody falls by the wayside. Yeah. He's, he was a superb manager. I've st- I've got George uh, George Orham, Paul Wharton in the studio. Uh, what you heard the two lads say there about the respective strikers, George? What's um, what's your feeling about the game coming up? It sh- it could be a feast of attacking football, couldn't it? I think it could be, uh, but I think there's a new belief at Goodison as well under Martinez. That there's a belief that we know against Spurs the other week we could have gone into second position if we'd have won that game. We've got to start thinking that we're a top six club here, and mm. if Arsenal can organise their defence to take Suarez and Sturridge out of the game, then Everton can certainly do that as well. And that that's how Arsenal won that game. And I think Martinez, you know, he's a, he's a clever manager. He's tactically, you know, very wise to everything that's going on. So I, I am confident. I know you always say that before the game as an Evertonian, mm. but I am really confident about this. I, I think... We've got the options. If if Lukaku wasn't doing it on the day, then you can take him off. You've got Jelovic. You've got so many different options attacking-wise to mm. to win this game. He's lost Kone, of course, for a while. Well, but Kone, he hasn't figured very much anyway. Well, no disrespect to Kone. He hasn't really you know, no. appeared in no, his team this season. And no. If you look at the... If Lukaku does get taken off. Jelovic is going to come off with a he's going to come on with a bite. He wants to prove who he is. He'd be desperate to, wouldn't he? Yeah. So I am I'm fairly happy with everything that's going on. Mm. Obviously Liverpool are good. You've got to you've got to respect what they've done and Suarez is is deadly and so is uh, storage. But I, I do I think for all of that, I'm happy that I think the attitude's changed now whereas Moyes it was more of in the Derby match it was not to lose. I think Martinez shows in every match he wants to win. You know, a draw does not. Yes, there there has been that noticeable change from David Moyes to Roberto Martinez. If anything, uh, David would be, if there's a line in the middle, he'd slightly be on the cautious line, whereas Martinez is slightly, or perhaps more than slightly, in the adventure line, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Is that right, Paul Wharton? Yeah. yeah. I'd I'd start off with Delafu. 
uh, the Spanish lad. Would you? Yeah. Yes. And you've seen the run he made when he came on against Tottenham. And like Mike said that before, you've seen these players go past three or four players now, like Messi. And I would have played him last week against uh, Crystal Palace myself. Yeah. I, I just think he's exciting and he's a winger like we all love wingers at Goodison. And I think McCarthy and Barry's going to play an important part to try to curtail Coutinho. Yes. Um, but uh, looking forward to it, and I think it'll be a, an open match. Mike Pedgick, have you seen very much of Delafeo, the lad they've got on loan at all? Not at all. I haven't. No. No. Well, he he, he does, as Paul was just saying. He's a uh, he's only uh, he's only nineteen, and uh, he just runs at people, and he's got bags of skill, and he's he's got a good shot on him. So, yeah. and interestingly, Martinez has not discounted the possibility of him starting, That's right. has That's he? Right, John. Yeah. But I think you know, going back to the uh, the top four. Well, you'll see over the next three or four weeks where, where Everton are going to stand. And, uh, we've got Liverpool, we've got Stoke. Um, then we're away to United and Arsenal within four days, five days. So mm. by the end of that, you'll see where we're going to be, I think. There's something about Delafeo that reminds me of a young David Fairclough, the way he used to be sent on and just run at defences and they didn't know how to handle him. Do you think that's a fair comparison, George? It is, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's got he's got a passion for football yes. and he wants to show maybe over the top of times with his little bits of skill and touches, but yeah. that's youth and, and you, yeah. you shouldn't suppress that. You don't you want Mike, go. you don't want to you don't want to get rid of that, do you really, as long as he stays disciplined. Well, you certainly need uh, impact players and um, yeah. whether they start or whether you've got uh, substitutes, that's why you have them. You need these impact players and he'd certainly be one of them if that's what you're talking about, a type of player who unlocks yeah. defences and um, yeah. that's what Martinez has got and you, you certainly need that. This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guest, former Everton and England left-back Mike Pedgick, George Yaw and Paul Wharton from the Everton Heritage Society. And I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by former Liverpool striker Neil Meller, now making a name for himself as a media pundit, appearing on LFC TV and as a Liverpool match summariser on our own City Sport. Neil, thanks for coming on. Thanks, John. Now, the Mersey Derby's looming on Saturday and we were making the point earlier in the show, both clubs are in form, both in the top six, so... Do you think, dare we hope for a classic encounter? We don't get many of them, do we? Well, I don't expect it to be a classic encounter, but, I mean, both sides have started extremely well, like you say. Um, the reason I don't expect it to be a good encounter is because it comes so soon after the international uh, break. Yes. You know, Everton, they've got a lot of internationals. I think 12 was the reported number. Mm. Liverpool themselves, and obviously Liverpool's key player, Luis Suarez, flying all around the world. And yeah. a lot of players, they're going to be coming back Thursday, maybe Thursday evening. So there's not a lot of time to prepare before such a huge, huge game. And with the game Saturday lunchtime, uh, you know, we, we may not see quite as good a quality as perhaps maybe we would have seen on a Sunday afternoon. That's a very good point to make. Well, you mentioned Luis Suarez. He and Daniel Sturridge, 25 goals in the last 18 outings together. As a former striker yourself, what is it about that that makes them such a potent partnership, Neil? Well, it, it's been brilliant, hasn't it? We, I mean, we've oh. all been loving all the stats, you know, goals <laughs> here and there. And and, and, the, and the bottom line is they're a real threat on the pitch. You know, Daniel Sturridge, he'll threaten him behind. Lewis Suarez will do that. He'll get on the ball and 
both look for each other and, you know, defences in the Premier League have been really fearful playing against them because at any moment in the game, these two can create something out of absolutely nothing and it's been really entertaining to watch. I think fans, certainly Liverpool fans, really enjoying going to the game knowing that with them two players in for an exciting game. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel Sturridge has made the point, it's not something that's been coached, it's, it's, a, it's an instinctive understanding they've acquired. Certainly is. I mean, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, about uh, Daniel Sturridge doing extremely well with Luis Suarez out of the side. Will he do the same when he comes yes. back into the side? And, yeah. and he certainly has. You know, yeah. they both looked really good. And, and what I find intriguing about the situation is the fact that I think there's a little personal battle going on. Yes, for the good of Liverpool, but they both want to finish top scorer. <laughs> yes. Both want to score loads of goals. So at the moment, it's just helping Liverpool as long as both can stay fully fit. And yeah. I think uh, I think there'll be a real blossoming partnership throughout the season. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mike Pedrick's on the line. Now, you've seen Suarez and Sturridge, Mike, obviously, uh, yeah. if not in the flesh on television. Um, what's your appraisal of them? They are exciting, aren't they? Well, they certainly are, and uh, I think the interchangeable positions, what they uh, take up, they are elusive in that uh, attacking half, attacking third, especially around the penalty area. And mm. um, They are a handful, certainly. But uh, exploiting space, creating space for others as well, and... Um, the, the movement off the ball is, is superb. Yeah, and, and I suppose when it is a chemistry like that, defenders just don't know what they're going to do next, do they, really? Well, defenders don't tackle anymore, do they? So. That's a good point. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to, are they, almost? Well, well players of that ilk now, they're having a field day, aren't they? And uh, mm. certainly uh, it's going to... I think over the next probably five, ten years, they probably stop slide tackling as well, which would make it even better for them. So the, so the goal ratio will go up, you reckon? I think so, yeah. It's going to be more open game now. And um, when you see uh, players like Lallana last week going past three, four defenders, and we've seen uh, yeah. um, different types of goals this season in around the penalty area where defenders are frightened to tackle because of obviously other things that go on. But uh, it shouldn't take away from that defensive duties and uh, the actual art of defending. And uh, all these players now, you've seen fantastic goals, which they are. But uh, we we're not seeing so much on the other side of the defending side. Yeah. So I look at that as well. And um, but you you have to take your hat off to them. Sturridge and Suarez are top class uh, strikers, and certainly uh, Suarez world class. And Neil, uh, there's another piece of the jigsaw. He came back uh, last couple of weeks ago. Uh, Philippe Coutinho. He is so skillful, isn't he? In... Well, again, he's another exciting, really mm. exciting player. I mean, we saw. At the back end of last season, what a real fantastic signing to sign mm. a player of that quality in January. But he's a player that you don't often get to see in the Premier League who can unlock defences with some defence-splitting passes. The weight of his passing is absolutely perfect. And, you know, it was great to see him back at, um, at Anfield last weekend for the game against Fulham. And he's just sharpened himself up back into the, the, the line-up. He finds those spaces just in front of the back four. And he will run at defences and... When you've got the movement ahead with Suarez and Sturridge, then he can unlock those defences. So it's vital that he is back in. We did miss him when he was out for a few weeks with his shoulder injury. But yeah. like I say, with him playing with Suarez and Sturridge, it's it's a real attacking threat that Liverpool have at the moment. Yeah, and and um, conversely, at Everton, Romelu Lukaku has been a great loan signing for Everton. He's their top scorer. And Mike was mentioning earlier. Uh, Pinar and Morales, if they're if they're on their game to provide ammunition for him, he'll give Everton, he'll give Liverpool's defence something to think about, won't he? He certainly did. He, he proved that last season, didn't he? Yes. He is one of the top top Premier League strikers, and I think there was a, a lot of amazement the fact that he, he did end up signing for Everton because I think every 
team in the Premier League wanted to sign Lukaku. In fact, a lot of people were surprised why he didn't actually stay at Chelsea, myself included, because yes. he really is an exciting talent. He's only a young lad. He's already settled in extremely well, scored plenty of goals. And like I say, when he came on at Anfield last season, he was a real handful and got himself a goal as well. So he'll be thriving on the Derby Day experience. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, Neil, I think I'm right in saying that you played in one Mersey Derby. Um, it wasn't a memorable outcome for you, I suppose. The one at Goodison, December 2004, Lee Carsley's only goal of the game, but uh, it was Everton's uh, first win of the 21st century in a Derby game. <laughs> Uh, in, uh, yeah, since their 1-0 win at Anfield in September 1999. But what I was interested in was how you found the atmosphere. They are, it is a special atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, John, I was hoping you weren't going to mention oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry, like say, Neil. Um, <laughs> it, it was unfortunate. It was, uh, you know, I was delighted to get to experience that game. But it is it's a completely different mood when you, when you get into the game. You know, even the week before, which I think a lot of players will sadly miss out on that experience because they're away on international duty. But, you know, there's a real buzz around the city, a real excitement. And obviously, this year, both sides are doing extremely well. But when you go out and warm up, it, it, it is, it's completely different than any other game. You know, away from home, it was at Goodison. And it's not personal. It's just banter before as the, as the fans try and, try and get in your head and, and let you know that you're in an intimidating atmosphere. And, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the competitiveness of... Of and the commitment of of teams have gone a little bit in the Premier League these days, but the fans will not allow that to go. So in this sort of occasion, the players may not have experienced it before, but they'll certainly know it's a completely different atmosphere out there. And there could be quite a few on both sides new to it as well, couldn't there? Which uh, could affect them, I suppose. Well, yeah, there will be. I yeah. think last last derbies, both draws and both a little bit controversial in their own ways. One for Liverpool, one for Everton. Both felt as though they were denied the three points. So, yeah. um, uh, hopefully, an early advantage. If um, well, Liverpool, we we want to finish above Everton. Two years now, not finished above Everton, and Everton doing extremely well with the new manager. So it'd be a, a tough test. You see quite a bit of Liverpool, Neil, either in the flesh or working for LFC TV. There is a great deal of excitement, as you say, amongst Liverpool fans. Do you think it's it's out of the question that uh, some of them are even saying they could win the title? What do you think about that? Is that just being a little bit overreaching? Well, I think as supporters, you know, you want to have that sort of optimism, don't yes. you? You want to set yourself that sort of target. And it's great to, to even be mentioning that sort of thing. I think there's obviously a long, long way to go. And one of the big problems last season was the, the inconsistency, you know, in certain results. I think Brendan Rodgers in his second season is certainly addressing that and you know it, it's possible it's, it's unlikely with the size of the squad at the moment for Liverpool I think they will need to strengthen a little bit in January um, but a full, a full, fully strong first 11 for Liverpool is uh, certainly one of the best in the league and capable of of challenging, but the ultimate aim, and it will be a huge success, is to finish in the top four. Yeah, OK. Neil, thank you very much for coming on I'm very much obliged to you. Thank you very much, John. All the best. That's, cheers, that's, Mike. Cheers. That's Neil Meller. Uh, Mike, conversely, uh, a lot of Everton fans are excited about their form. Do you think they could make the top four this season? Well, I think everybody's going to chase that this season, John, because um, when was the last time, if ever, when you have the three top managers uh, leaving that league uh, league positions? Yeah. And uh, I think now with Ferguson going, the master, or you call him the grandmaster, I do. Yes. Um, it's certainly opened up everything. And I think the noose has gone from around Ars and Wenger's neck. 
and he's shown his results this season. So I think it's open for everybody to chase that top four position and even the, the top one position now. That's a nice phrase. The noose has gone from round Arsenal. But you mean he's become more adventurous, do you mean? Or? Well, I think so. I think uh, he has a voodoo over everybody, Ferguson, doesn't he? And uh, certainly over a season, he, he threatens everybody and challenges everybody and yeah. uh, everybody falls by the wayside. Yeah. He's, he was a superb manager. I've st- I've got George uh, George Orr and Paul Wharton in the studio. Uh, what you heard the two lads say there about the respective strikers, George? What's um, what's your feeling about the game coming up? It sh- it could be a feast of attacking football, couldn't it? I think it could be, uh, but I think there's a new belief at Goodison as well under Martinez. There's a belief that we know against Spurs the other week we could have gone into second position if we'd have won that game. We've got to start thinking that we're a top six club here, and mm. if Arsenal can organise their defence to take Suarez and Sturridge out of the game, then Everton can certainly do that as well. And that, that's how Arsenal won that game. And I think Martinez, you know, he's a, he's a clever manager. He's tactically, you know, very wise to everything that's going on. So I, I am confident. I know you always say that before the game as an Evertonian, mm. but I am really confident about this. I, I think... We've got the options. If if Lukaku wasn't doing it on the day, then you can take him off. You've got Jelovic. You've got so many different options attacking-wise to mm. to win this game. He's lost Kone, of course, for a while. Well, but Kone, he hasn't figured very much anyway. Well, no disrespect to Kone. He hasn't really you know, no. appeared in no, his team this season. And no. If you look at the... If Lukaku does get taken off Jelovic is going to come off with a he's going to come on with a bite he wants to prove who he is he'd be desperate to wouldn't he yeah. so I'm, I'm fairly happy with everything that's going on mm. obviously Liverpool are good you've got to you've got to respect what they've done and Suarez is, is deadly and so is uh, storage but I, I, I do think for all of that I'm happy that I think the attitude's changed now whereas Moyes it was more of in the derby match it was not to lose I think Martinez shows in every match he wants to win you know, a draw does not. Yes, there the has been that noticeable change from David Moyes to Roberto Martinez. If anything, uh, David would be, if there's a line in the middle, he'd slightly be on the cautious line, whereas Martinez is slightly, or perhaps more than slightly, in the adventure line, isn't he? Yeah. yeah is I that think, right, Paul yeah, Wharton? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd start off with Delafu. Uh, the Spanish lad. Would you? Yeah. Yes. And you've seen the run he made when he came on against Tottenham. And like Mike said that before, you've seen these players go past three or four players now, like Messi. And I would have played him last week against uh, Crystal Palace myself. Yeah. I, I just think he's exciting and he's a winger like we all love wingers at Goodison. And I think McCarthy and Barry's going to play an important part to try to curtail Coutinho. Yes. Um, but uh, looking forward to it, and I think it'll be a, an open match. Mike Pedgick, have you seen very much of Delafeo, the lad they've got on loan at all? Not at all. I haven't. No. No. Well, he he, he does, as Paul was just saying. He's a uh, he's only uh, he's only nineteen, and uh, he just runs at people, and he's got bags of skill, and he's he's got a good shot on him. So, yeah. and interestingly, Martinez has not discounted the possibility of him starting, that's right, has that's he? Right, John. Yeah. But I think you know, going back to the uh, the top four. Well, you'll see over the next three or four weeks where, where Everton are going to stand. And, uh, we've got Liverpool, we've got Stoke, um, then we're away to United and Arsenal within four days, five days. So mm. by the end of that, you'll see where we're going to be, I think. There's something about Delafeo that reminds me of a young David Fairclough, the way he used to be sent on and just run 
at defences and they didn't know how to handle him. Do you think that's a fair comparison, George? It is, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's got he's got a passion for football yes. and he wants to show maybe over the top at times with his little bits of skill and touches, but yeah. that's youth and, and you, yeah. you shouldn't suppress that. You don't you want Mike, go. you don't want to you don't want to get rid of that, do you really, as long as he stays disciplined. Well, you certainly need uh, impact players and um, yeah. whether they start or whether you've got uh, substitutes, that's why you have them. You need these impact players and he'd certainly be one of them if that's what you're talking about, a type of player who unlocks yeah. defences and um, yeah. that's what Martinez has got and you, you certainly need that. OK, I'm talking to Mike Pedgick, who's on the line from Stoke, and to Paul Wharton and George Orr. We'll be back after this break and we're going to be talking to Mike about a sport he's expert at as well as football and that's, well, I'll let you know when we come back. This is Strictly John Keith. Don't go away. This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9.